0: Hey, guys, guess what? There are many, many questions going into the All-Star break. Coming to you from the heart of Canes country, this is the Caniac Report. Your number one source for everything Carolina Hurricanes, hot takes, predictions, game analysis, and NHL news. And now your hosts, Sam Wallace and Sam Driscoll. All right, we're back with another episode of the Kaniac Report. Uh, we hope you have had a good weekend. And in this episode, uh, if you have not listened to us before, we always start with some podcast news, NHL news, hurricanes news, and then we get into rec- to uh, recapping the games. And in this episode, yes, you guys probably have already noticed, it's just me, Sam Wallace, uh, doing the episode, Sam Driscoll. Um, it's not going to be with us in this episode. But don't worry, he will be back uh, in uh, the next episode. So do not worry. He is still with us. <laughs> so the first piece of news that we get with, with our podcast news is that we have a great promotion with Seek Geek. Uh Remember, uh, there are a lot of home games right now and you should take advantage. It's a great deal. Uh, use um, the promo code Kaniac Report, all one word, and you get 20% off of your first order at SeatGeek. I would use it. It is a great, great deal. Another thing with our podcast that we have recently started doing is accepting donations. We have a PayPal link on our website and in the description in each of our episodes. So if you feel feel free if you want to donate if you really like this episode if you don't feel like doing it don't do it Uh, we want you to do it because you want to and that is always the biggest thing for us so that is all for podcast news and now we're going to get into some nhl news and there's quite a bit of some nhl news um one of the news is that zach parise if you guys remember him Signs a one-year, $825,000 deal with Colorado. I think, um, I mean, solid, good deal, I think, with Colorado. I think it's good that he's out west from a Hurricanes perspective. But he's obviously has been a pretty good player if you look at his career. His career basically is with the Devils and Minnesota. Obviously, he gets bought out, and he plays a couple seasons with the Islanders. But he's been a very, very good player, at least getting you 30 points. And Colorado, obviously, with them being a Stanley Cup contender, it really does make sense for a team like Colorado to get him. And uh, good luck to Zach Parise. Um, It's going to be, I think, with all of these veterans signing. Well, I mean, it's just Zach Parise, of course. But I wonder if, uh, because of him being a veteran, that you'll see other veterans start uh, signing with teams. Because there are quite a few veterans who are on free agency. Eric Stahl is one of those players. I wonder, because of Parise possibly signing with Colorado, that Eric Stahl might be looking At signing with someone, I wouldn't mind getting him, especially with the way our center core is at the moment, heading into the All-Star break. Uh, But that is it for the Zach Parise type of news. Uh, Good luck to him in Colorado. And the next piece of news that we're going to be having is Saturday, March, Gary Bettman as the longest commissioner in American professional sports. I'm just going to touch on this because I know there are a lot of people that do not like him. I think one of the reasons probably is because they it's because hockey has been a very um, Canadian sport and obviously with Bettman as commissioner if you look at his timeline. Uh, he has really Americanized hockey and I think that I think that's a good thing um I really don't think there's a problem with that I find it a little bit silly that there are people that are making that objective to him but I know there are other issues probably with Gary Bedman that other people probably have and uh, that's part of or I' would say probably is one of the reasons why Gary, Batman gets booed at the draft. I find it funny. I really do. Uh, so, uh, congratulations to Batman, though. I think that is uh, pretty remarkable. I believe it's thirty. Is it thirty-one or twenty-one? It might be, because I I know I saw it on the NHL website here. Yeah, it's uh thirty-one years, and I mean, congrats to him. Another piece of news is we have a huge extension coming out of Philadelphia. A young player who was originally drafted by the Florida Panthers. He is kind of performing now to where he was drafted at. Because he is a first round selection. I I don't believe he's top 10. But he might be. It's Owen Tippett. He signs an 8 year 6.2 extension. He's on pace to get 52 points with Philadelphia. Now Philadelphia, if you guys probably notice, as I think you should since... Philadelphia is a little bit up there with us in the top three of the Metro division. That uh, Tippett can be a good player for for Philadelphia, obviously, but Philadelphia, they're a little bit backsliding. Uh, Before I recorded uh, this podcast, I saw that uh, Philadelphia lost to Boston like six six to two. So that's like their fifth straight loss in a row. And Carolina, I think, really needs to take advantage of that. And honestly, take advantage of the Rangers, too. And I'll talk about um, some of the um, implications of having a week off uh, here um, after I recap the Arizona game. But I think this is extremely important to talk about because uh, I really do – Think that this is going to be a huge comparable to Seth Jarvis. I I wouldn't tip it. He gets around 6.1, 6.2 million dollar extension. I would think that is probably around the range Seth Jarvis will probably be making, especially if they want a long term deal with Jarvis. I would do the same with Jarvis. I think Jarvis has been playing excellent this season, and the stats do show it. He's been really good. I think Jarvis has more of a scoring touch than Owen Tippett is, so he'll probably get, my guess, around $6.5 million. That is my guess, and I think... If we can sign Jarvis to around $6.5 million for like the next eight years, I think that's a pretty good contract overall because you already have the top players signed in Svetch and Ajo. You're not going to have players signed more than $9.4 million contract that Ajo is having and you're not going to be... No player on this team is going. Is not going to be getting 7.7-something million dollars worth that Svechnikov is having. So, I think that's very important. Another piece, so that's actually all for NHL news. But now we're going to go into Hurricanes news here. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about prospects here. Because apparently three prospects uh, for the Hurricanes down on the collegiate level, have been nominated for the Hobie Baker Award, which is dedicated to uh, the top NCAA men's ice hockey player. And considering we have three prospects that are nominated, I think that is fantastic. I really do. Now, here's the thing when it comes to prospects. Uh, The stats don't really show anything. And when it comes to... actual scouts scouting these players, uh, stats, I would think, probably come... I mean, there's somewhat of a factor, but it's probably down on the priority list. The biggest thing I think these scouts look at when it comes to these prospects is how they get those points. So uh, the three prospects that have been nominated, one who I'm really having my eye on And apparently Justin Williams is as as well. Is Bradley Nadeau? If you guys uh, kind of uh, remember that name, it's because he was drafted in the first round this past draft. He plays for the University of Maine, and in 22 games, he has 14 goals, 17 assists, 31 points. I think that is very good. If Bradley Nadeau can be a some of like maybe a Seth Jarvis type of player. I don't know if he is. I because I really don't know what his potential is. That is the biggest thing. And I think when it comes to the prospects in general for the Hurricanes, I think what kind of separates them from the top teams that have great prospect pools is I don't think the Hurricanes have a superstar in their prospect pool. But Nadeau, he. He might be probably projected as a top six forward. I think that's probably what it is if you want to put it like in NHL 24 EA or just NHL EA games for that matter. I think he's probably is projected to be a top six forward, but that's impressive numbers. Obviously, stats are half the battle. I think the biggest thing is how he gets those points. And from what I've seen, he's been very, very impressive. Another player uh, who was drafted in the 2021 fourth-round selection for the Hurricanes is Jackson Blake, he plays for the New University of North Dakota. And in 25 games, he has 16 goals, 16 assists for 32 points. So not bad. Uh, considering he is a fourth-round selection, I don't know what his chances are of making the NHL. But you never know. There are always those outliers. There really are. The last player is Scott Morrow, who was a second round selection in the 2021 draft. And if you guys remember that draft, if you do, that was the draft where Hurricanes were taking timeouts left and right and were making like 12 or 13 selections, which is a good strategy, I think, because prospects are uh, a lot like darts. And the more drafts you have, the better chance you have of hitting the bullseye. Uh, that's that's usually the analogy, I believe, of what Don Waddell had said after that draft. But Scott Morrow, University of Massachusetts, 22 games, 5 goals, 16 assists, 21 points. Uh, I think that is pretty good. Apparently, he's playing like a Tony D'Angelo type of player. Um, I think that is very u- that can be very useful. I I think being an offensive defenseman I think is really good in today's NHL. We have quite a bit of them, but another thing too with offensive defensemen is they need to play defense as well. That's the only thing. If you're playing an offensive type of style on defense, that is completely fine. But you also need to uh I think respect the responsibilities that you actually have to play d2 because you are a defenseman that is your primary role so uh, those three prospects good for them for being nominated for the hobie baker award Uh, we'll see if any of them win it the next piece of news which i think all of us were really excited to hear was piotr kachekov being activated off of ir and i was so happy that happened because. It really seems like he is about to play at some point now. Obviously, we are going into the bye week of the All Star because of the All Star weekend, and I think it's also because of the CBA. All the players, or I would say the CBA, does say that there is a bye week during the NHL season. I'm pretty sure it does say that, but I'm not a hundred percent. But I think Kachekov coming off of IR, that is excellent. And I think the real question, because I'm going to go ahead and talk about this goalie situation that we're having. If Kachekov can play like he did right before getting injured, I think we have solved our starting goaltending position. Because that is the biggest question. We all know this team needs another goalie. But the question is, does this team need a starting goalie or do they need a serviceable goalie? That is the biggest question. And if Kachekov can play like that starting goalie that we have seen before he got injured, then that is awesome. Because if you're just getting a serviceable goalie, you're not going to have to pay as much of a price to get than you would with a starting goalie. And to be honest... I don't think there are any starting goalies probably available in the NHL because those, I would say, are probably untouchable, in my opinion. Winnipeg has a starting goalie in Connor Hellebuck. Boston probably has, I would say, probably two starting goalies in Jeremy Swayman and Linus Olmark. Vasilevsky for Tampa is another player that I think is a true starting goalie. But a lot of these goalies, uh, Sorokin for the Islanders, a starting goalie. But none of these players have been rumored, at least to my knowledge, of being traded. So I doubt there's any starting goalie that is on the trade block. I think you'll probably get a goalie like a Marc-Andre Fleury, who is serviceable but has experience of being a starting goalie. You'll probably get those type of goalies on the market, but not a true starter. And to be honest, I think if I was Hurricanes management, I would hope Kachekov can be that starting goalie. Because I do think, personally, I think there's an issue at the center core. And I think you still need somewhat of a goalie. So that's my whole thing when it comes to goaltending. What type of goalie do we need? I think that will solve in time. Probably give Kachekov probably three or four games, probably, to see where he's at. And if Kachekov plays like he did, what was it, last season, after he came back from injury and he did not play good, Uh, Then, yeah, you're in trouble. You need a starting goalie. So, it's all based on Kachekov's performance. So, that is all for Hurricanes news. And now we are going to get to recapping the one game, which is the Arizona game. But before we do, let's get to our sponsor. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn $5 into $200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can bet $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778 hope Y or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-7888. Nine seven 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 seven, or visit ccpg.org please play responsibly on behalf of boot hill casino and resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance ctkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources Okay, the Arizona game. Wow, that was a great game because we won. It's only because we won, uh, obviously. But Arizona, you know, I'll I'll give them credit. They played a very good defensive, sound, tight-checking game. And I thought, honestly, Arizona's best period I thought was the first. I didn't think it was until the second period and definitely the third. The third was the Carolina's best period of the game where we just dominated in the third. I don't think Arizona had a shot on goal, I believe in, in the third. I'm 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 be looking at this game here real quick. Okay, so Arizona actually had one shot. One shot on goal. In the third period, and we had 20. Obviously, the third period was our best period. I thought second was the showing signs of what was going to happen here in the third period. So, first period, you have Logan Cooley scoring. Um, I don't, well, actually, first, before I even start the game, there is a couple things I do want to talk about. One, um, is we conducted a poll on both Instagram and Twitter on who would start in there for Arizona because Kachakov was activated off of IR. And there, I mean, Martin seemed like the guy that was, that we thought would want to start for Arizona. I think goes over 50%, I think 55%, I believe. Uh, Because it was pretty obvious that pretty much most of the fans really wanted uh, Martin to start. And yeah, 55.8% Martin was the guy that us fans wanted to see in this game. And I think he deserves another game. I really do. I thought he played very well against Boston. I think he deserves one more shot. But um, the thing is, is that I thought the Arizona game was probably going to be the most likely scenario because obviously you have the week off and then you're back, I believe, Tuesday. So I think the Arizona game was probably the best shot Martin would start because once Kachekov is going to play probably for the next week in order, or I would say after the All-Star game, in order to see if he really is the true starting goalie that we need. But, Brennamore decides to put Ronta in net. I was a little bit confused with that at the start of the game. I was. But looking back, knowing that we won, and to be honest, Ronta wasn't, I mean, he was challenged a little bit in the first period, but after that, he wasn't really challenged at all. Ronta could have had a sip of tea uh, throughout the, the second and third periods of the game. Uh, so that was my whole thing Kachakov in the poll that we had had 32.6% and Ronta had 11.6%. So all of those fans were a little bit shocked to see Ronta in net pretty much. So yes, another thing too, I do want to touch on this because it was a theme night uh, for Carolina during the Arizona game and it was to raise mental health. Uh, I just want to say one thing. I think uh, it is important to have great mental health, and I am glad that the hurricanes are taking an initiative to spread awareness on this issue because it is very crucial as much as it is your physical health as well. Uh, So good for Carolina on raising awareness in the mental arena, or sorry, in the mental health arena. So good for Carolina. So back to the Arizona game, obviously you have Logan Cooley scoring. I mean, to me, that was just the sign of a bad, bad line change. It really was uh, because um, it was because of that bad line change where Arizona was able to get the puck into our defensive zone. And, I mean, Logan Cooley was able to kind of bat it in. I believe it was his body. I believe so. That was a little bit disheartening. I mean, Arizona's up one to nothing. We're kind of thinking, oh no, is this going to be another Minnesota type of game? Because if we lose against Arizona, I'm sure all of us fans are like, okay, are we starting to play down to the teams that we should beat? I view New Jer- the New Jersey game, completely different from Minnesota and Arizona. I'm no, probably fans are going to bring that up, but New Jersey. Offensively, is very much more gifted than the likes of Minnesota and Arizona. On paper, it's just to me a fact. New Jersey is way more gifted, and plus they are suffering with injuries too. So I do throw that into um, the pot as well. So we go into the second period, and we're down one to nothing. A little bit disheartening, but we do get a chance. On the power play. And it's a a little bit of a unique type of power play. It's a four on three power play. So you're going to have a lot more room uh, to make your passes and your shots. And just more room in general to skate around. And we were able to convert. Power play remains red, red hot for the Hurricanes. I, I like that they're like number three. I think it is amazing. I don't know how long this keeps up. That is my question. How long is that going to keep up, or are we going to start to see the power play being in top five as something that's truly in their nature? Uh, so that is kind of my question on the power play. It's great, but are, how long is this going to keep up? Uh, and Netches he scores. It's a great, really a great feed from Jarvis who sees Netches wide open. I think it hits off the top crossbar and in. Great goal, really. Uh, from Jarvis and Burns. And then in the third period, you have Orlov scoring from jury and Schaffield. That was like, I believe 33 seconds left in the game. And we already saw Carolina really hemming Arizona in their own zone. Like it it, it really was spectacular. I I really did think Carolina was going to win this in regulation based on the their performance in the third period so Orlov he gets a goal I'm I was really happy for him he hit the post early in the game and I thought he had other opportunities uh, to score too with great shots I think he has one of the hardest shots on the team and I think that's great and he and he's utilizing his shot he really is I think both him and I think burns as well, Have really powerful shots the only difference I think is Orlov is actually shooting Burns needs to shoot more and as much as listen I don't want to change anything on the power play because we're top three but I mean this is probably maybe a nitpicking thing but I would like to see Burns shoot a little bit more on the power play he has a great shot he he really does Uh, but Orlov he scores makes it two to one I mean, with 33 seconds left in the game, you kind of know Carolina's going to win this game. And then, out of nowhere, I didn't think we saw this coming at all. You have Jesper scoring from Seth Jarvis. So, Jarvis already has two points tonight. And that was just a huge effort of trying to get another goal. And that's score, I mean, that's two goals scored within, I believe, 13 seconds. I mean, Carolina was really hemming Arizona in. And I kind of knew Arizona was going to play a defensive sound game this game because they did get blasted by Tampa, I believe, 6-3 to three the previous game. So you knew probably heading into this game, Arizona was going to be playing a little bit more of a defensive sound game. And they did. Credit to them. Honestly, I have no beef against Arizona as I probably do with Boston. Washington or the Rangers, um, but Arizona. I mean, they played a good hard game against Carolina, and Carolina was able to win. That's three wins in a row. I think that's an excellent, excellent way to um, end the pre All Star game season, and uh, now we will see how um, they play after the All Star. Uh, game bye week uh, and I, I just want to end on this too so the um, the bye week uh, this is a time where I think teams are gonna try to certain teams I would say are going to be resetting um, and the reason why I say teams is because if you look at the standings right now a lot of teams in the Metro have been losing a lot. So they're going to want to get back on track, and this is a probably a good time for them to get back on track. I think of a team like the Rangers, who I could see performing a little bit better after the bye week. And this is why I think Carolina, um, even though they deserve the rest, um, once they get back into the season after this week, they need to start off where they ended. And they ended on a three-game winning streak heading in to the bye week. So that is the biggest thing, obviously. But I also want to name specifics, too. I think heading into... Because the next game is against Vancouver, I believe on Tuesday. And I, I want to see a couple of improvements in... KK. I think KK needs to play a little bit better. Now, here's the thing. I actually thought KK uh, played really good tonight against Arizona. I actually thought the whole line played pretty good. But we need KK to actually produce. You're you're making four... Well, actually close to $5 million in, in your cap. So... We need to see more production. And I'm talking about points. Another thing, and we already talked a little bit about this, and I'm just going to end it with this. We need Ketekov to be playing like he did recently before the injury. So that's number two. And number three, um, when Svechnikov gets back, because I do believe he is going to play against Vancouver. I think he's really close. Uh, We need him to... Uh, play at the level that he was playing at before he got injured. So those are just a few things that I we need to see um, coming out of the All-Star game. And I'll end it with this. Um, I know in a week's time we're going to have our two-year anniversary episode. I'm going to say a little bit of this, but I'll probably say it in that episode. Um, I just want to thank you guys for listening to this. Uh, We have so many people listening to this episode. Well, not just this episode, but every episode. And I am so, so thankful that you have taken time out of your day to listen to us. I really am thankful. We would not be here without you guys so uh, I just want to end on that because at the end of the day this podcast is for you guys we're we're not part of the Carolina Hurricanes no we're not uh, we're not like Mike and Shane from the Canes cast and we don't really have like insider information from Adam Gold but what we do have and what we want to try and do is build a community uh, because that building a community is one of the best things i think of having a podcast so i just want to thank you guys for really listening um those who are in north carolina to those that are listening i believe in um france and australia like wow that's just that's just amazing thank you guys so much for listening to this and another thing too um i'm sure you guys probably expected wade to be in this episode but he we're still planning on him um being in an episode it's just gonna be moved to friday's episode so you guys will hear sam driscoll interviewing wade so yeah Uh, we will see you guys then thanks for listening to the caniac report Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. Can't get enough of the Kaniak Report? For more content or to connect with the Sams, check them out on Instagram and Twitter at the Kaniak Report. We'll see you next time.